hello. Good evening. Hello, Guinness. Good evening, everyone who is going to be tuning in on tonight. Um, happy Friday. Happy Flawless Friday. Um, and happy BIPOC month. Right, so July is known for Black, Indigenous, People of Color Month, aka Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And to, uh, this month, ha I have been um, coming on with different guest stars to talk about topics in as it relates to that community. And tonight, we're going to be talking about the Hispanic and Latina ex community and the wellness as a center around that. Um, we tried this last week on Instagram and we had a great engaging conversation. It was with the Enricher um, and he's going to be joining me in a moment, but we weren't able to save the actual content to share with those listeners all around the world and those who are not able to tune in with us live. So we decided to come back and run it again. And we're doing it tonight on a different platform, Facebook, right? So this is where we are. This is where we're gonna be at moving forward. At least we're Stop the Stigma, Change the Narrative, Wellness Matters. And to anyone that is gonna be tuning in for the first time, my name is Australia Edinburgh and I am the host of Stop the Stigma, Change the Narrative the narrative, hashtag wellness matters. I am a wellness advocate, a mental health first aid, and a pro makeup artist, as well as a speaker. And this allows a safe space. Um, I wanted to cultivate a safe space to have candid and open conversations as it relates to mental health deficits, the power of positivity, self-care, and self-awareness. And this normally takes place on a live social media platform. And I team up with survivors, respected individuals, advocates, and healthcare professionals to discuss these topics. I wanted to create this safe space to inspire conversation, accountability, healing, and also share resources and also to help raise awareness, offer support, alternative options and resources, because I believe that it's important to encourage a healthy relationship with self through increasing one's love for self. And I want to support effective methods to cope with mental health challenges. So this is what Stop the Stigma is about. We have been broadcasting for the last four years and we are worldwide, okay? We are being broadcasted in over 30 countries right now. So that is just amazing. Thank you so much for all of y'all's support. Each and every time you tune in, each and every time that you share, you are helping make the world a better place, believe it or not, okay? <laughs> All right, so before we move any further, I'm going to go ahead and bring my guest star on. He's going to introduce himself. He's going to tell you who he is, what he does, and then we'll move on from there. Good evening. What's up? <laughs> Happy Friday. How are you? 
Life is good. I'm alive. I'm healthy. You know, we here. Yes. Yes. Take three. <laughs> Take three, right? You can hear me okay, right? Yeah. Listen, we not we not allowing social media <laughs> to stop us from getting our message out there. Okay, so like I said, we coming on here again. So tell the people who you are, what you do. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm my my birth name is Carmelo. You know, you got to roll that R to make it sound right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, a lot of people know me as Scott. That's kind of a nickname that I. That my mom gave me growing up, which has an interesting backstory. But nonetheless, uh, I'm an empowerment speaker. I'm also a leadership development facilitator, uh, where I work with executives all across the country uh, in, in a variety of different capacities, whether it's one-on-one coaching uh, or, or building leadership development programs. Because the reality of it is, you know, most most leaders may not publicly admit this, but even those who are in the highest of positions in some of the Fortune 500 corporations around the globe struggle when it comes to different things, whether it's leadership or uh, you know communication or dealing with difficult situations. And so that's what I do. I come in and I help those individuals uh, because at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know, right? And it's always great to get an interesting perspective from someone different than yourself and someone outside of your company that isn't scared to essentially tell you the way it should be told. Understood. And how can individuals or people get connected with you outside of social media? Website? I want to put that in there. No, I do not. And, And the reason I do not is because I am in a, in a temporary hiatus of, of doing this work because I am pivoting, not permanently, temporarily pivoting uh, because I am dedicating my time and actually focusing on another business that, uh, that I have purchased. I'll purchase a franchise that is still in the very, it's still in its infancy stage. So I'm not ready to reveal just yet, but that's what I focused on. So I pulled back from doing that until I get this rolling. And then once I, I can step back, then I can refocus on my speaking and training and development stuff. But nonetheless, hit me up on social media. Stay connected. And I'm typing that in to put that on um, the chat. How many underscores? I think it's like three, right? Six. <laughs> Six on each side? It's six on each side. Okay, okay. Listen, I have been trying to, because, you know, I, I wanted my, like, almost like my full name on on IG. And, of course, it, it's not available. Somebody else has it. So I'm like, how do I make this work? And this was the best that I could do until I think of something better. <laughs> okay, cool. I think I got it. So for those that are going to be tuning in and watching the replay, we'll be able to see his social media at the bottom of the screen. It has six underscores. One, six underscores his name and his name. So that is how you will find him on social media. Um, um. <laughs> 
So I know that the last time we talked, we had a really great conversation. It was so engaging. We talked about a lot of controversial aspects of, you know, the struggles that Hispanics face, which in reality is very similar with all of the minorities. A lot of our struggles are very, very similar when it comes to, you know, just addressing mental health and, and wellness overall in its totality. Um, so I want to share some as it relates to wellness in the Hispanic communities and mental health. And this information you can find at mentalhealthamerica.org, which is nhanational.org. Um, and some of the stats are 18.3% of the U.S. population, um, I'm, I'm sorry, 16% of the Latina or Hispanic population has been reported to have a mental illness in the past year. In the past year. And that has definitely increased within the last decade. That's over 10 million people. Over 10 million people, right? And some of the um, issues or the stigmas and barriers that are associated with causing that, you know, rate to be so high is one, fair and accessible health care, right? Suicide has increased for young Hispanic girls. Suicide attempts for Hispanic girls grades nine through 12 were 50% higher than white girls in the same age group. That is staggering. That is staggering. And of course, like I said, some of those barriers, not having access to fair health care, also not wanting to be looked at. And you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, right? Not wanting to be looked at as weak because there is a sense of pride that our cultures have. And it's like when you're dealing with something, in most cases, we're expected to just go with it. We're just so we're just supposed to just automatically be resilient and just deal because most of our parents and our grandparents they have to deal with a lot of challenges growing up and you know their generation. So another barrier that tends to happen is that relatability and being able to express to our family some we are dealing with mental health challenges or just not feeling our best self because of that barrier. They can't relate because their times they didn't have the access and the resources that we do now, or even the understanding and the education that we do now. So they had to just beat it out the mud the best that they could, right? So that creates a barrier in our homes because it's like we're in a whole new society now and the challenges that we face are so different. So this in a sense would be a reason for you to get that extra support and help. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you know, for me, it's not surprising. Uh, for me, I, I think the surprise aspect of that, the stat is you said, 
that that was within this past year, right? Am I correct? Yes. And so, and I'm not I'm not refuting that statistic, but what I am going to say is, I feel like this has been an issue my entire life. When I've been surrounded my by my entire family, by other members of the Latin community, or uh, uh, by members of of the minority community. So I don't, in my opinion, this isn't just a recent thing. This has been around forever. But in my opinion, and before I get into it, I want people to know that I am not a mental health expert by any means. But what I am is I'm you. I'm a human being that has struggled, that continues to struggle, that is always a work in progress in the mental health space in terms of my mental health. And so I'm just speaking on strictly, purely experience. That is it. So... One of the things, uh, so for me, what I know to be true in terms of the impacts on, especially in the, in the Hispanic community, the, the impact of our mental health are a couple of things, and, and we can unpack this together one by one. The, the first is the financial aspect, money. Uh, the second are relationships and family. And then the third is opportunities or lack of opportunities. So the, the first one I really want to touch on is the relationship piece. Because I'm going to share an opinion with you that is, <laughs> I've had some very interesting debates with individuals. It is an opinion that is is not <clears throat> is not looked at in a positive way. So, here's what I mean. Growing up, what I saw in in terms of partnerships, relationships, husband and wife relationships, is that the wife would oftentimes be the one that would be home taking care of the children, cooking, cleaning, and the husband would go out, work hard, and and help provide for his family. And that was kind of the status quo. Growing up, that's what I saw. That's kind of what the expectation is. And even now, as as a man, there are still members in my family that still very much believe in that structure. Okay. Now, the irony is that I was raised very differently by my mom, which I'm extremely grateful for because I have a different perspective. And here's the thing. When I think about why and how relationships play a role in our mental health, regardless of uh, ethnicity, it's because I think about this. How many of you have ever been in a relationship and have made tremendous sacrifices for the appeasement of that other person just so you could be with that person, just so that relationship could work out, just so we can last long term. And on one hand, I could say, that's admirable, right? Like you're dedicated, you're, you're willing to make things work. God bless you, that's awesome. Yeah. However, here's something that I've learned. I've learned that there are just some things that in my opinion, when it comes to a relationship, no one should ever compromise. And for me, that number one thing should be your career. What is the thing that gets you most excited and passionate? Like I'm talking about so passionate that when you talk about it, it it brings you to tears because of how passionate you are. And all of a sudden you're engaged in your career. Life is going good. You're pursuing it. It's hard as hell. You're pouring your blood, sweat and tears into it. And then you meet someone. And they are the most amazing woman, the most amazing man. I mean, you couldn't have asked. for. And then that person says, 
well, I am, I got a residency and it's going to take across the country. And that change is going to drastically impact your ability to do your career. Let's just pretend. Yeah. And now you're kind of like, man, I, I don't, I don't know what to do, but I, I don't want to let go of this person because they're amazing. I haven't met anyone like this. You're like, and you say to yourself, I've been through hell with previous relationships. I can't let go of this. I'm, I'm committed. So you follow that person to where they're going and you say, you know what? I'll just find another job. I'll, I'll get into something else. The reason why I say that's the wrong call and the dangerous call is because of this. We, we underestimate the ability of resentment. And so what happens is you leave a career or a job that you absolutely loved to then take on something that you're just doing out of necessity. And with time, your resentment builds up, right? Because you're miserable at this job or the people bring you down or the environment, whatever the case may be. And even though you're happy at home because you've got an amazing partner, mm-hmm. resentment, your ill feelings about your job is going to eventually seep into that relationship. So now that relationship gets negatively impacted. Do I believe that two people can work it out? Absolutely. But let's look at, if we're not talking about statistics, let's look about you know the relationship success when things like that happen. And so all of a sudden, you start to resent this, ama- this person you said was amazing because, because of them, you left your career. You left the thing that, that brought you so much joy. And so for me, I'm just saying I believe that when it comes to relationships, that is one thing you should never compromise on. You should never compromise your career, the thing that if, if you have been lucky enough to find the thing that you love, don't let it go for someone. Because more often than not, that resentment will come back and that, that does impact your mental health because instead of you focusing on the thing that brings you joy, because think about it, when you bring yourself, when you provide joy into your heart, then your cup is overflowing with joy to give to others. Yeah. It just that way. And so for me, I'm, I'm real big on this relationship piece because of that, because of that reason. Then the other part of that, that part two of the relationship and then the family piece is, you know, a lot of people don't realize that if you come from a minority, if you come from a culturally rich background, whether you're African-American, Hispanic, Asian-American, whatever it may be, our cultures have, are rich in a lot of traditions. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and I don't know about you, but that, for me, that's, that's prideful because it adds color. And when I say color, I'm talking about rich and beautiful and just exciting color to not just this country, but to the world. Because when I've met people across the world in other countries, they're excited to learn about me. So I know (laughs) my stories. Right. And so the thing about it, though, is that there is this subconscious pressure from family to continue to carry on certain legacies, certain traditions, the way that it's always been done. And that's, that's just, again, you're, you're appeasing, you're trying to appease your family. And, and that, that does mess with your mental health because you want to do the right thing, right? By your family, by tradition, you also want to do, you want to put your own spin on it. Right. That is a lot of pressure. You said a lot. You said a lot. I first want to, you know, piggyback what you said about our cultures. Our cultures are so rich 
and traditions, like you said, from the music to the food, to our style, to the way that we communicate with each other. Um, it's just a lot. It's so impressionable. It has made a very big impression. We know that, right? And I do understand and readily what you're saying about the family piece. Um, there's a lot of codependence that goes into, you know, relationships at times, and you do have to be mindful of, you know, sacrificing so much of yourself for someone else. It's just not healthy at the end of the day, you know. So you do have to be very aware of, you know, it's important to ask the right questions when you're dating. It's important to understand if you're on a page if y'all have the same vision for your life for having a family establish a family and just the way that you want to view the world and be a part of the world all of those things are very very important but um you know as generations have unfolded you know we have been made an impression and um also you know coached you know, to do things a certain way, right? <laughs> it's just been acceptable in in American culture. Let's just say that. So, um, like I said, it was a lot that you touched. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I know I said a lot. I was only one. So. Yeah, I was writing my notes down, but um, about the, the relationship part, you know, that's a lot to dissect because, you know, when we look back on some of our parents and our grandparents and we ask, you know, how did y'all stay together so long? And a lot of them had to deal with a lot in order to stay together. And a lot of them stayed together because they didn't, they wanted to keep the family structure going. They stayed together for the kids. You know, they maybe was dependent of the other person for financial means. Like there were a lot of factors that were, were into that. Um, so I definitely can relate to you with that. I grew up in a single parent home. My mother was a single parent mom of five kids and she did have support. Community is very important. I, I wholeheartedly believe that it does take a village to raise a child. You cannot do it alone. You cannot. I mean, if you sitting here saying that you're doing it alone, you're not being honest with yourself, but if you are, if you ultimately are, then I empathize with you because I believe that any circumstance is possible. Um, but in most cases, we do have help. Um, another one is, again, our parents didn't have the necessary resources to, you know, educate themselves on emotional intelligence. And that is something that you get from therapy. Therapy is more than just being diagnosed with pills and given a diagnosis and things and sitting on the couch and giving out your feelings. It is also an opportunity for you to be educated on your emotions and your emotional intelligence and understand why you process things the way that you do, why you choose to respond to things that you do, why things, why you're not able to connect fully 
whenever you're meeting people. Like it just it it goes on, and I, and it's something that is going to be a lifelong thing of, of understanding yourself. It's not something that can just be accumulated in one time frame. If that makes sense, you know what I'm saying? Like you're going to always be growing. You're going to always, you know, face change in your life as you're living. So it's important to just want to have a thorough understanding on how to best approach that and cope with things and the challenges of life. So thank you for saying that because that is definitely very, very important. Another thing that you mentioned with the financial means definitely has a, a direct impact on someone's mental health. You know, regardless of the minority that you are in. But in most minorities, the, the discrimination is different. You know, we have to work 10 times as hard in order to make do, right? We're having to work excessively, in, especially in you know, Hispanic communities. And you can tell us more about that, of just, you know, the challenges that are faced when you are considered an immigrant and you are coming from another country over and trying to, you know, make a new life. That's not as easy as it sounds. I mean, it's one thing to get your foot on on a different type of soil, actually, you know, Getting acclimated into the community is also another barrier. Um, and, and going back and tying that back to healthcare, that is one of the main factors and barriers in mental health when it comes to the minority communities because of the lack of cultural competence or you don't have doctors that um, can uh, speak fluently native language of those you know in the in the Hispanic community so I always encourage to seek out those professionals that look like you it is very very important to have that representation in the medical space because it's a very interesting part of your life one two want to make sure that who you are entrusting to be that part of your life is someone that can understand the struggle and the challenges that you face. Yeah, I, you know, so continue to unpack, unpack all of this. So first, let me touch on the financial aspect. You know, I, I had mentioned this last week when we were trying to do this the first two times, but I had said that the week prior to last week, I was speaking to uh, a person who is assisting me in getting the SBA funding for this business. Mm -hmm. And they told me something that was just, on one hand, it wasn't shocking, but, but it was. And they blatantly said, I want, I want you to know that the banks 100% discriminate. That's just what it, so we need to do all of these different extra things that you know your caucasian counterpart may not necessarily have to do and i'm like man it just on one hand it it angers me because in this country and and not just this country around the world around the world we still have this uh, assumption 
that, you know, people of color are less intelligent. People of color are less creative. People of color bring less to the table, especially if they don't have that bullshit paper called a degree. And I say bullshit paper, not because I don't have a degree, I do. But guess what? It is a bunch of BS because with no offense, my college experience enriched me and provided tremendous opportunities. But now that I've been out of college for 11 years um, and I reflect back, I can tell you that all of the things that I've acquired, the things that I've managed to do, I could have done it without spending all the money and getting that piece of paper. And so the reality of it is, is there's too much of this assumption that, you know, the guy that's the janitor is less intelligent, has less experience, hell, has less input than the guy up in the executive suite. And I'm here to tell you that that's not true. That's not true. And I just said at the beginning of the live that, you know, I work with executives that even though they have that, they have that title, they struggle with a lot of basic, listen to the key word, basic things, basic things. And I guarantee you, some of those same janitors probably could uh, or, or do excel at some of the basic things that executives struggle with. So the reality of it is we all have something to bring to the table. And so, you know, in the, uh, when we talk about the financial piece and, and how it impacts, at least for me, how it has impacted my mental health is when I think about all the things that I've learned, even in the last 10 years about real estate and investing and all of these things, I'm, the question I continue to ask is A, well, number one, why didn't I learn this in college? Because hell, if I paid all that money for a degree, this I should have learned at least this stuff. But okay, fine, no college. Can somebody please tell me why didn't I learn it in high school? In high school, because I tell you, if we had learned this stuff in high school, well, I definitely wouldn't have necessarily seen uh, the need for a degree, a college degree. I, I could have just went out busted my hump and started investing in things that produce passive income and, and provide more of a safety net for my family and I. And so what's, what's also upsetting is that we have an education system that is antiquated by, by a ton, um, but also it's not preparing. It, it, it's almost like, it, yes, it prepares you to be in the workforce, but as a worker instead of preparing you to, well, why can't I be an investor? Why, why can't right. I learn how to real estate with little to no money or, or learn about passive income or other types of investments? So that way I can actually spend more of my time enjoying my time, like spending time with my family versus mm -hmm. working, literally working my ass off for 10 or even $15 an hour that we all know that even at 15, you know, so many people are hooting and hollering about $15 an hour. Fifteen dollars an hour ain't a goddamn thing. I'm sorry for my language, but you live in paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like people are not realistic, and so of course the financial aspect is a big one. And then you had brought up the immigration piece to this, which ties into opportunities. Again, it's a it's a topic of conversation that I've had with so many of my friends, and I've debated about. Is you know what I've learned is. The reason why so many people, again, are hooting and hollering about so many people coming into this country is that they lack empathy. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. Because if you're listening to this right now and you're one of these people, at least hear me out. 
I want you to put yourself in those people's shoes for one second. Let's pretend, let's just pretend that our military wasn't really strong and a country or countries decided to bomb us. And you're like, I'm going to assume you care about your family, so you're going to do everything necessary right. to protect your family. So I'm assuming you're, you know, you're going to head to the closest place, and that's probably Canada. You're going to seek refuge in Canada. How would you feel if someone said, I don't care what you're facing. That's your problem. Don't come into my country. Right. How would you feel? Like, like, just how would you feel if you're trying to protect yourself, your family? How would you feel? And if you are honestly going to sit there and lie to yourself, listen to the key word, lie to yourself by saying, well, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that because you want to be ignorant and, and you, don't, you just don't want to admit that what I'm saying has validity. Fine. You go ahead and lie to yourself. But Lord, is the devil a lie? <laughs> it's just that simple. And so empathy is, is the piece that we need uh, to also, in my opinion, what has helped me to overcome some of the mental health challenges that I have faced is empathy. Ironic. Not not necessarily just people being empathetic with, with me, but me being empathetic with others. Yeah. It allows me to connect with other people on a different level. And the thing about it is, and I've said this on other lives, is the thing that unites us all is struggle. Yes. And I, I honestly take comfort in knowing that I'm not the only one that is going through this or that has gone through this or will go through this. And the reason why I take comfort is because there's a lot of people ahead of me that have gone through it, that have come out the other end and are, are badass. So I know there's hope and I know there's a chance. Yes, you definitely said a lot there too. <laughs> but everything that you said was true. You know, first, just going off of the empathy part. Empathy is so key. There are so many other ways that you can support and be a blessing to other people. And it's not limited to monetary value. It could be just simply being kind to someone sharing someone, sharing resources with someone, leading them on the path or guiding them to someone else that can further support them than you can. Mm -hmm. And that was a great point that you brought up. How would you feel? I mean, real talk, if things were to get bad here in America and we had to jump ship, how would we feel if we were being told, oh, we have to go through all these customs and processes in order to be accepted. That that's a lot, you know. That's a lot on anyone's. That would be a lot on anyone's, you know, capacity. So having to deal with that a lot in the Hispanic community, you know, that is very triggering because of the discrimination that is faced um, and just. The nasty things that I said, you know, we we had a president that was talking trash about, you know, countries and, and you know, people that were not um, from America. And it's just poor. It's just very, very poor. Um, and I also agree with you and understand the frustration, you know, that comes with just people thinking that you're less than one because of the color of your skin. Literally, we're still dealing with this in 2022. 2022, we are still 
dealing with it. It's something that's been going on for centuries. And we are still addressing it. We are talking about the same thing. And some people are tired of hearing the same over and over again. Well, if you're talking about just imagine the people that are tired of dealing with the racism and the discrimination. The, the conversation is the message is repetitive because it is still happening. It hasn't stopped fully. Um, so what you said about you know, people thinking that because of your job title that you are less intelligent, that is that is so key. It's it it would not be a good thing for you to just automatically judge someone by the way that they look or the title of their profession their professional title. Because just like you said, there are people that are in high places that lack basic people skills. They could lack basic necessity, basic people skills. Right? And then you have those that are on the lower level scale, you know, in the workforce. And they are so colorful. They're so connected to their communities. They're passionate, right? They're humble. They're all things. I don't judge a person by their pocketbook. I judge a person by their character, right? How do they treat other people? How do they view themselves? Like, these are just some key things to focus on when it comes to judging people deciding if you wanted to connect to someone but that's neither here or there you also talked about um just the environmental conditions environmental conditions could definitely have an impact on your mental health and we know that in the minority communities a lot of the times we are forced to be in low-income neighborhoods um, because of the discrimination in society, in the workplace, in the economy. You know, when it comes to going to how many banks do you need before someone actually approves your loan? And even if you do get approved, you, you get a high rate. You may have a high, high interest rate. You have to pay three times as more. Why people, some people ask, well, why isn't there more black businesses or black businesses or Latino-owned businesses? Well, it's a process. You know, we have to get the funding. We have to get the approval to get these spaces. And if we're not given that opportunity fairly, then you're not going to see a lot of that. So the community very, very important. And when I say that, I mean us and our communities coming together and working with each other is very, very important. And it sounds so simple and really complicated because of the politics that go and are included with the, even that. And that's like a whole other topic for another day. But <laughs> we're just talking about mental health and wellness and how it impacts the Hispanic community and some of the barriers and things and challenges and struggles that we have. So we talked about how one of them is having access to affordable and fair health care. Um, and 
one of the solutions would to find and seek out those individuals that look like you, that do have the same background and upbringing as you. There are so many therapists out there that um, have different objectives with their um, practice. Um, there are a lot of therapists out there that are into alternative therapy methods. Um, so like I said, you don't just have to deal with someone or you're not going to always be prescribed medicine. That is an option. You do not have to accept that. Okay. If you want that, that is your choice, but you do not have to accept being diagnosed with medication. If you do not want to, you can simply go to a therapist or seek a counselor just for educating yourself and understanding yourself more and your emotions or processing, you know, really uh, burden things that you never addressed when you were younger or you may have been abused. You may have dealt with bullying growing up. It may not necessarily, the trauma may have not stemmed from inside the home. It could have came from you dealing with challenges at school or in another part of your community. So it's so much to unpack, you know, people are, uh, people are going to therapy for, um, you know, dealing with major changes in our society, such as the pandemic. I mean, we have other, um, you know, we've had other disruptors besides COVID, but that's the most recent. So that's why I'm going back to that. But um, just even dealing with that, um, so it's a lot. Some people even go to therapy whenever they higher because they're not used to just being still and not work if that makes sense <laughs> so you can go to therapy for it doesn't have to be what is stigmatized and what is being said that, that makes sense absolutely we also touched on the financial aspect of it. Like we said, you know, a lot of the minorities are, you know, come from low income neighborhoods or low budget neighborhoods, and we're not always given the financial means. We have to work twice as hard. Some of us are having to work two, three, four jobs. I don't know how, but they do. And a lot of it's because those that come over here as well from other countries, they're sending back to their family that still, you know, in Mexico and things of that nature. Maybe one is able to get out and come over, you know, to America to make a better life, but they're still having to support others in their native home. So it's a lot that goes on, you know, and that could also be a barrier as well with talking about mental health because you're so focused on taking care of a lot of people. You don't have time to sit and stop and just, you know, focus on yourself because you want to make sure that everybody that's attached to you is good. Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, there, man, there's so much. <laughs> there's, there's... It's, it's a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it is a lot. And, you know, when we, the, the financial piece, it, I know we keep harping on it, but it's, it's just to kind of draw home, to drive home the point. Think of it like this, you know, I, I can't ignore, I can't not think about the Jewish community. 
and how they support each other unlike any other group of people that support one another. I mean, they do. They, they buy their clothes from a Jewish-owned clothing shop. They, you know, if, if they go to a, a Jewish school. I mean, they're, the Jewish community in, in different segments, different areas throughout the country is so strong. And there's something to be tremendously admired and uh, duplicated in that process. I mean, think about it. If if African Americans strictly supported African American businesses, how much further along would those businesses uh, be? But also economically, in terms of access to money, how how much more access could African Americans have? Because maybe as a direct result of supporting just African-American businesses, maybe now there could be a group of people that can open up, oh, I don't know, the first African-American bank in the community. The same for the Latin community. But one of the things, and if I'm wrong, please tell me I'm wrong, but I feel like one of the things that our, our groups are guilty of is being so into the whole lifestyle brand of whether it's Jordans or Gucci or all these other like massively expensive brands. And I'm like, look, don't get me wrong, right? Like I I have some some high taste too. I love eating out. I love eating at good spots. However, I also like going to small mom and pop shops because at the end of the day, if you really care about your community, if you care about your fellow Latin brother or Latin sister or your fellow African-American brother or sister, then why are you not investing more money in their businesses versus investing in some large-ass corporation that, let's just call it what it is. They don't give two fucking bucks about you. I'm sorry. It is what it is. That's it. What they care about is that you have money to spend, but really you don't because you're only making $15 an hour. And even if you make a lot more than $15 an hour, why not invest it in the community that you care about, that you came from? I, I mean, that's just, just a, a wild idea of mine. That is it. And yeah. start supporting these brands. And look, look, the other thing that a lot of people don't know is our buying power, just in the Hispanic community, is in the trillions of dollars. Trillions. T, T, trillions of dollars. So we have tremendous buying power, but most of our buying dollars go to large corporations. And they know that, and that's why they advertise to us. That's why they put their stores and their products in our neighborhoods. And so we could really, I mean, in reality, we don't need to go to the Chase Banks of the world. We could open our own banks if we took our dollars and put it into the community in that way. And I agree with you to a certain extent because I want to say that history proves that we have been doing that. We have been you know, pouring into our communities and building up our communities. But how many times have you heard, and you're probably not going to hear, they like to hide and sweep this stuff up under the rug, where Black communities have been burned, killed, people have been killed, massacres. We've seen it in the massacres of, you know, all Black communities. And even some of, you know, Hispanic communities where they're literally torn apart. And it just seems like, at least for me, being a black woman, and I can attest for that in our community, it's 
discouraging whenever we build and we have it torn down simply because of the who we are. I, there are countless stories out there. And again, this is another reason why we have to pay really attention to what's going on because a lot of our history, they're trying to erase our history right before our very eyes. And it's being done in the open. They're not being discreet about it anymore. It's just because the society has been so desynthesized for a lot of this stuff, we literally come down about even our cultural practices because of what they want to deem is acceptable here, if that makes sense. I mean, like I said, there history proves it. I mean, we have the massacre that happened um, in in Georgia. There were a couple of other massacres that happened upstate. We had um, Black Wall Street. We had black banks. We had all of that. And literally what racists would do, come into our towns at night, killing children as well. And and some of this still goes on in other countries. It's sad, but it is factual. But it is factual. So it's like, to an extent, when I'm here, you know, statements being said about, oh, well, we just need to, you know, courts we just come together and why isn't it so simple? We have to take a real hard look at history, the evidence and what's happening because a lot of that opportunity has been had to where we can support each other and we build our own, always been taken away from us. And that is a discouraging part. And that makes you feel like it's hopeless. It makes you feel like, you know, is it gonna ever end? And some days I feel like that. Some days I feel like, you know, I, I'm just so overwhelmed and doubtful, just not even hopeful. And there are a lot of days where I am hopeful because I see that. that even in the midst of being burned, killed, you know, um, silenced even, we are still finding ways to rise above. Despite everything that has been thrown at us, we still find a way to create. We still find a way to thrive. We still have a way to make the best out of what we have. And that is something that a lot of minorities have a real good, strong strength in, is making the best out of what we have. We are so creative and so innovative. But um, on the other side of that, you know, again, like I said earlier, there's still a lot of politics in that. And I say that because of those things, because of, you know, you got to be careful. Um, you don't want to rub the wrong way or because you invented something so new, you're going to have someone that's watching you and want to steal it and they want to take it and claim it for their own. This has been happening to our community for centuries where things that we have, things that we have has literally been taken from and other people have been claiming it as their own. 
So we want to just acknowledge that when we talk about coming together and building that. And a lot of the Jewish community also identifies as white. So um, they are allowed to have a lot of, you know, opportunities of where they can have these big grand communities or opportunities to build and invest in their communities because of them identifying as white, if that makes sense. So I just wanted to put that out there. No, no, of course. Look, I, and and I agree, right? I mean, it, it, it's not simple. It's not simple. I mean, it would be nice if things were simple, but the reality of it is I don't even think it's ever supposed to be simple. But I will tell you that there are two two things that I learned from my mentor, Jonathan Sprinkles. You know, Jay. Um, I'll never forget when he told me this because it, it hit me hard because of, of an opportunity that I didn't get and I was literally in tears. And this is what he said. He said, first, you can always tell how committed someone is by, by how easily they are discouraged. And then the second thing he said is, one of the things you have to remember is that especially being a minority, people are going to test you and test your persistence. They are going to test how bad do you really want it? And so... Don't just test just because they can test. And so yes. when you talk about the burning of towns or, or, or the rape of, of children and women and, and just the killings of, of people in these different communities, I agree with you. Is it going to stop? I don't think so, in my opinion. I want to be optimistic. I am optimistic, but I'm also a realist. And the reality of things is that there's always going to be people out there that always want to test you they want to test whether or not have these people finally reached their breaking point where now when we tear them down they're not they're going to give up they're not going to yeah. again they're not going to rebuild and so that's just the reality of it is this is something we're going to have to face for the rest of our life next generation and for the next 10 generations in my opinion and so the thing about it is on one hand, I'm not okay with it. But on the other hand, I am okay with it. Because when people challenge me, when people uh, figuratively burn me down, burn my community down, it, it gives me that fire underneath me that wants to come back harder and faster right. this, with this, this, this um, intentionality to, to show up in a bigger way, in a bigger way. So for me... I see it as an opportunity. I do. I genuinely see it as an opportunity. And so my whole thing is, yeah, I agree. The Jewish community, yeah, they are. They're part of the white community. And they, they may, in fact, have it easier to some degree. But what should not be ignored is whether it's the Jewish community or any other community, if you see, if you see a group of people, if you, if you see a company that has already laid out the blueprint on how to do something and do something well, like Jonathan has taught me, don't why reinvent the wheel? Take the wheel, put your spin on it. Hell, make it more colorful, make it better, and and go do your thing. Right, right. And I agree with that. You know, um, as far as you saying that it's a it's a it's like a motivator mm -hmm. in a, a kind of weird freakish way. Yeah. But it does. And, and that is something that I said, I believe that 
has been a motivation in all minority communities because we are the most creative. <laughs> the minority communities are very, very creative. <laughs> I mean, just look at the history, look at the facts. We're very, very, like I said, we make the most of what we have every time, every time. But at a point, it does get exhausting. At a point, it does get overwhelming. At a point, it does, it can weigh you down. So, and this is another thing I wanted to, again, be someone. I'm not the only person, I'm not the first person that is out here talking and speaking on these topics. There are plenty of other people that are doing this. But I wanted to be someone that added to that. And I wanted to be able to be someone that can empower others with the influence that I have in my community because we need more of that. We need more of that. And like you said, it is a great motivator to keep going because of who we have coming after us, the generation that we have coming after us, you know, and we want to leave something behind for our family and for our legacy. So we gotta push, we just can't say we're gonna give up and this is why, in terms of unity, it's also important for us to come together to find ways to rise above together. It's more than just buying a service from someone. We should also be coming together to brainstorm, find other ways to build together and, you know, come up with these programs and come up with these alternatives and these options to deal with what it is that we're facing. So that is super, super important. Another thing that I wanted to say was that um, I feel like going, um, responding to the comment that you had said about how sometimes we get so caught up on the material things. I want to say that is true, but I also got to give that credit to our society <laughs> again because it is normalized in our society it is glamorized in our society that you are deemed successful if you have all of the material possession you gotta have the latest phone the latest car the latest clothes the latest hairstyle the latest wig it's it's a lot that is a lot and when that's constantly being shown on tv in every outlet you know that you uh, watch, it's on the news, it's on the TV, it's on the radio, it's it's on the cartoons. Like at some point, you're gonna kind of give in to that. And it's so easy to give in to that when there's a lot of people doing it, if, if that makes sense, right? It's so easy to give in to that lifestyle when your favorite celebrity, somebody that you see all the time is, is you know, living out that lifestyle. But it really takes a real solid person to say, I'm good being a minimalist, right? I'm okay with not having the latest gear, the latest tech, the latest car. I want to make sure that me, if I have a family, is set. So I, I can't get caught up in what everybody else is doing. I gotta do what's right. I gotta do what's necessary for me and my family. I have to do what's necessary for 
us to be good. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's a lot to take into account, like you said, and it's a lot of factors that we just mentioned um, over the course of time that we have been speaking. So um, everything that, you know, is, is important and things to think about. So this is exactly why this podcast was created to just raise awareness of that and let people know that even entrepreneurs like us, we deal with the challenges. We aren't exempt from them at all. You know, even me, health first aid, that does not exempt me from the challenges of life. It doesn't exempt me from having setbacks or anything. And um, it's just very important to have that authenticity and transparency as well. So, yeah, that was that was enough. <laughs> But also going back to the buying power comment that she said, you know, not just only in the Hispanic community, but the black community, we also have a high buying power as well. But I think it was a comment that you said the last time that we talked on this was that we're just not properly educated on how to handle our money. So that is where, you know, one of the declines happen is because a lot of us don't have that financial literacy piece. And like you said, this is something that should be taught in school. This should be a part of our core learning, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, I care more about understanding. Mental health is also something that should be included in our core learning as well, because you are going to need to know how to deal with the challenges of life. You're going to need to have to know how to deal with that, point blank. That is an essential skill at this point. It is an essential skill. So um, having that financial literacy piece, that's also a, a factor in t- the totality of your wellness. There is a, a, a wellness wheel and it has the different you know, aspects of wellness, which is mental health, spiritual, physical, financial. Um, yeah, I think I said it. Mental, spiritual, financial. Mental, spiritual, financial. Uh, yeah, all of that. So those are all key components of the totality of wellness. It's not just limited to one area. There are multiple areas. Um, and it's very, very important to be able to create that work-life balance, really. Which work-life balance, that's kind of a tricky thing too, because it's, your life is just not based on work. If that makes sense, your life based on a lot of things. Um, you know, being able to manage relationships that you have, whether it's personal or professional, like learning how to manage it at home as well, and of course, just doing that help you to be your best self. And sometimes that is not related to work or anything. So. I mean, these are all very important factors that we touched on. Um, there was something else that I had wanted to say. It kind of slipped my mind right now. <laughs> I hate when that happens. <laughs> right. I was trying to, t- you know, write down points as you were talking because you touched on so much. Um, another thing that I had wanted to touch on was the spiritual because 
that's also a barrier that we face in the minority community. It's just the spirituality piece of it. Some people just feel like, oh, well, I'm just going to only focus on, you know, seeking guidance and support in that area. And, and even in the Hispanic communities, you know, a lot will just rely simply on going to a healer or, you know, just dealing with a spiritual counselor, but that's still not helping you to educate you on that emotional intelligent piece, which is something that someone in the mental health profession or field can help you with. So you need a team, right? I would say, I think it was a conversation that we had once before about the kind of the, the four types of people that you need to have in your team. And we also, I would, I would also like to include <laughs> having someone in the mental health or wellness profession on your team. I I have a therapist, okay? And I've changed therapists over the years, but nonetheless, I have therapy. And it's been so helpful with understanding and connecting things. Um, and ask your question. Just, mm-hmm. just curious, and I'm sure others would too. Is since you said it, you know that you've changed therapists over the years. What has been the like the, the reasoning that like what has caused you to change therapists? And are there some things uh, to help others who are maybe in therapy to identify? Ah, this isn't working, or I, I should maybe look for another therapist. Are there any things to identify to say, eh, yeah, it's time to switch uh, a therapist? Like, what are the reasonings and the, and the things to, to do that? Because I, I, I feel like, look, at the end of the day, everybody's different, right? So right. one may work for one person, but not the other. Mm-hmm. And then somebody will go to therapy and say, well, this sucks. This didn't work. Well, not necessarily. It's to maybe that person just wasn't your person. And that and that was one of the main reasons that person just wasn't my person. You know, you may come across someone that comes off as appealing at first. But after you have a session or two with them, you're just like, "Uh, we don't really mesh well. And and you have the prerogative to change and switch it up. Okay, you do not have to stay there again. Like I said, you can be with your therapist and your uh, wellness um, support group. As you are with your selfies, your hairstyle, your clothes, all of that. You can be that. It's your life. You know what I'm saying? This this is impacting your life. So you want to be able to find someone that is relatable to you. I will also say another thing why I switched was because my ideas and my outlook and my perspective has changed over the years. You know, the way that I view certain things is not the way that I view them now on, on some topics. Um, I won't get too much into that, but my ideals have changed and I'm into different things. But like I stated earlier, there are therapists that have a certain type of purpose that they follow and may mesh well with you and there's somewhere it may not. There are there are therapists in, out there that have a spiritual approach to things. There are therapists that may make you do a lot of homework, right? They may actually implement exercises that you have to do and you have to complete to prove your progress, right? You have some therapists out there that may just only resort to diagnosing your 
it's not the type of therapist for me because that's not a road that I want to take personally. I'm not saying that that is not something you, anyone who's listening, I'm just saying for me, that's not like I want to take so I don't care to associate myself with a professional that only, you know, um, refers or wants to refer medication. I like to look into alternative practices such as sound meditation, um, acupuncture, reiki, healing, um, you know, just things like that. So I, I like to look into other ways of understanding myself and a lot of that for me has resorted to going back to the ancient civilization practices like a lot of the stuff that I just mentioned is not new. Probably new age for some reason. Not new because our ancestors have been doing this from the beginning of time. But because of society, uh, I'm gonna just say it like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> Because of society and the powers that be or the elites, right, that don't want us knowing all these things about ourselves and knowing how we really are great um, and, and how our bodies are so amazing. Like, we just start to learn about the human body, what our bodies can take and how we learn how to heal ourselves. Like, we are some really dope individuals. For real, for real. So, um... Yeah, you just gotta be careful with that. But um, I kind of just lost my train of thought because there was so much I wanted to say. But yeah, so it, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. But the spirituality piece is very, very good. What I was going to say was that a lot of our culture, and even you can probably get to this in the Hispanic culture, some of our ancestral practices have been demonized, right? and even criminalized. We've literally been told that parts of our culture is of demonic, satanic, satanic things. That's the craziest thing, which is why I also believe that part of really understanding your wellness and who you are and your and building your mental wellness is tapping into your tapping into your history, tapping into all of that because it is really going to give you a sense of foundation of where you come from and knowing who you are. You know who you are? I'm telling you, that simple thing, just knowing who you are, can really get you out of some of life's tough challenges. You have to know that despite what's happening to me, I know who I am. I know that at the end of this, that's only going to be greater. This is only going to strengthen me to be great. Does that make sense? 100%. So, yeah, thank you for asking that question. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, very important. I, and what, what prompted me to ask is anytime someone, like anytime I'm watching a video of, of, of something or reading about something and and I'm reading or hearing someone say that they made the decision to, to do something else or, or to change something, I'm always curious to learn what caused you to make that change. How did you get to that conclusion? Because I want to be able to identify what well, do I need to make that change too? I mean, maybe you know something that I don't know. I want to know that. So like, that's that good stuff. Like, I need yeah. Yeah. And it's very, very important 
to just like I said, just understand who you are because you may not, although you want to honor and cherish and, and appreciate your family and you know the traditions and things that were put in place. The reality is, it may not start who you are today. So you have to find a way to make that work for you. And sometimes, and you can do that too with respecting what was, like you said, why invent the wheel in a sense, reinvent the wheel. You got to find a way to make it work for you while still being able to respect and honor that too, if that makes sense. And therapy has allowed me to understand that okay, I can respect my family's core values and the things and traditions that they have had before me, but at the same time, I'm also allowed to be my own person. I'm also allowed to experience new things. I'm also allowed to try new things um, and, and just be something other than what I'm expected to be. So that's what I would say to that. And you, you're going to have to find your way. It's going to be tough. Right. This is going to be easy because, again, our family, that is normal to value your family, how they feel, how they view you. That is normal. But, again, going back to the dependency part that we were talking about earlier with the relationships, you got to understand when it's, it's becoming too much. You don't want to allow your existence to simply be validated by those that you care about because at the end of the day they may not fully um be able to motivate you appropriately or respond to you in an appropriate way because their views could be limited you know what i'm saying right just things to think about agreed mm-hmm. yeah good stuff that's that's deep right there yeah it is <laughs> So, yes, I would say to anyone that's heard that information, you're like, what? I'm glad that she said that because I've been feeling like this. Girl, sis, bro, I'm getting to you. Are right. not, you are not alone, okay? So, I want you to find and figure out what does that, what is that going to look like for you? How is that going to, how am I going to be able to be my own individual and still be able to respect those that I care about, even though I may not always agree with their decisions? That's right. And if you need some help, seek a professional. You don't, like I said, it doesn't have to be someone just dying to keep with medication. You can let them know what it is that you're dealing with, that you want to work on. They will help you. They will help you develop a plan, and they will help you be accountable, sticking to your plan, in order to see growth within yourself. Amen to that. Yes, yes. If you want to find some resources, go to my website um, at persuadedbeauty.com. Click on the directory, and there are a number of resources as far as it relates to wellness professionals that you can look into. I have them categorized by the community. So there's an area for the Latina, the there's an area for um, the Black community, there's an area for the Asians. There's also um, apps as well that you can find because 
one thing that I love about technology is accessibility. So now therapy is accessible online. You don't even have to go into the office and look at someone. You can call, you can text. If you want to do a video, a web chat, you can do that. So the opportunity for you to connect with someone is there. And I want to make sure that I am highlighting that for you. That is my job as a mental health first aid is to direct those resources so that you can get the assistance that you need. Okay? I am not a therapist either, but I am someone who can help you recognize when you are experiencing a mental health decline, and I can help guide and direct you to those individuals who can support you further. So that is my mission, um, and I and I believe that it's been working for some. I mean, I'm still shocked every time I get just saying, "Wow, you know, the information that you really hit home and really resonated with me." I've been dealing with this, and I get and I get just men as well. And I want to encourage the men that are listening to this as well that you matter, your health matters, and you know, you deserve to support it in that area as well because society tells our men that in order to be a man, you have to um, just tuck in your fit. You have to just keep it bottled and you're not supposed to be emotional. Show emotion. You're not supposed to address any of that. Can you touch on that a little bit? 100%. I- let me tell you, um, as a matter of fact, man, it, it's amazing what a role Jonathan Sprinkles has played in my life. He, he has been in my life since college. But this is true story. I attended one of his events, present- one of the first presentation powers in Houston. And, and I think that's where we met. <laughs> yeah, that's where we met. But, but like before it even got that fancy, okay? Um, I was at one of the first presentation powers. And he put me out on the stage and on a panel, and he was he was testing me on some stuff, and I struggled. I struggled because I, I was asked a question that impacted me emotionally, and I didn't want to answer because I knew that it was an emotional topic for me. Mm-hmm. Prior to all to, to that event, I was someone who would hold everything in. And for some reason, being on that stage in front of those people, I just bursted out of my seat and I just went for it. And I was in tears and I was passionate and I let my vulnerability just fall out. And I'll never forget after that moment, all of these people coming up to me and telling me how powerful and how sexy it is to see a man for his heart on the stage. So, man, I'm here, I'm telling you that not only is vulnerability refreshing and releasing and free, it's sexy as hell. Because you gotta understand that while, yeah, women have each other, there's just something different about a man being able to connect with a woman on an intimate but an emotional vulnerability level than anything else. And women appreciate it. And I'm not suggesting to do it just because women appreciate it. I'm just telling you that 
like it's time it's time to let go of that macho-ness and and believe me in the latin community god it's overrated it's ridiculous yeah you know believe me most of the men in my family i know want to just let it all out but they're just like so they're so tight and ever since that moment years ago i have remained continuing to be vulnerable to pour out my feelings my, my thoughts and and just everything that i i am just that that encompasses me and i don't care if there's people that laugh at me and judge me because at the end of the day guess what i know that in that moment and every moment moving forward i'm more free than those people laughing at me yes i love that you said that and that was the the main thing that just popped up for me when you were saying that is so much liberation that comes from being vulnerable. And like you said, it is sexy. And when we talk about that, you know, these are the men that are being wife. I mean, uh, married too. You know, I said wife. <laughs> you know, um, men who are in tune with their emotions, where it's time out for that nonchalant comes with that you know um and i love again just the level of awareness that society has grown when it comes to you know embracing and empowering men to speak up to put their emotions out to be vulnerable we want to see that um because it lets us know that you're human too it lets us know that you're relatable. It lets us know that you, know, you have a soft side. I like soft side like that, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it's more than just the macho macho, like you said. You know, um, and, and that's very important when it comes to choosing someone to raise your kids, right? That's very, very important. So I'm glad that you said that that, and I hope that that does encourage the male listeners out there to start doing more of opening up, maybe not in a sense of one of the platform, just in your immediate space, in your immediate circle, in your family, people that you care about, you know, speak up. We want to listen. We want to hear what you have to say. You matter too. Your emotions matter, and your mental health matters. That's right. And 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 I will tell you, you know, for the men listening to this, I want you to know what's interesting is that prior to that event happening, I was not a self a I was not a self aware person. And the irony is, is that once once that vulnerability piece presented itself and unlocked for me. I was able to be more self-aware yeah. and, 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 and it, at first it didn't make sense, but it does because, because I'm being willing to be vulnerable and just let out all of my feelings, then I'm able to identify things yeah. that encompass who I am. And the yeah. more self-aware of a person you are, the more intentional you can live your life, the more intentional relationships you can have. Uh, and, and most importantly, the better you can communicate to people about who you are so that there's no figuring out who I am. No, this is me. Take me or leave me. I'm good either way. Yes. And that's what I wanted to say. That was the word I was looking for. Instead of saying soft, it lets us know that you're aware. And like you said, intentional. 
that is very, very key too. I think you touched on the last time about that intentionality piece. So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, so I think that was all that I want to discuss on this topic. I hope that this has been motivating and empowering in some shapes and fashion. And if you want to connect with Scotty, find him on Instagram. Yeah. Underscore six times. <laughs> You got to put at the at sign and then put six underscores and then C-A-R-M-E-L-O and then another six underscores after that. And then you should find him. Pull him up. The enricher is enrich your life. Okay, so connect with him. Again, go to the directory persuadedbeauty.com you can also sign up for my newsletter and you'll be getting inspirational deposits as well as wellness resources given right to your inbox each month i want to share a resource with someone that's right now and you may be thinking about unaliving yourself you know doing the unthinkable you may be overwhelmed with life or any challenges that you could be facing at this time. I want to let you know that you are needed and you are loved. And there are individuals that are out here waiting to support you through this time. You do not have to go alone. Know that you want to offer to yourself. I would encourage you to. You can send me a message. Um, send me a message on Persuaded Beauty on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. I think I'm on Snapchat too. Or you can send me a message at persuadedbeauty.com. You can also go to the Suicide Prevention Hotline. You can give them a call at 1-800-273-8255. And you can also text the word HOME. H O M E seven four one four one and you text them twenty four hours seven days a week and a professional a certified professional will address you and your concerns. If you someone is listening and you may not be thinking about to cause harm to yourself, one that could be information is also for you. You will also be given educated education on how to best support the you know that could be dealing with that and get the necessary help that they need. We take that very, very serious. And we know that there's a lot going on in the world right now that can make anyone crave under pressure. So I want to let you know that there are individuals waiting to support you. You don't have to go through this alone. So please, yes the necessary support that you need to be well. Is there any last words that you want to say, encourage you want to give to the audience before we close out? Yeah, um, two, two things. The first is, you know, I, I, especially for those of you who are struggling to some degree, I do believe that perspective is everything. And so what I want you to do the next day when you wake up, you open your eyes, I want you to slow down before you rush to start everything. 
things to start your day and get your children ready to get ready for work. I want you to just open your eyes and first give thanks. Give thanks for the fact that you were given the rare opportunity to open your eyes in this very moment. But also I want you to get up and maybe open up your phone and, and look for a, a random quote or open up the Bible and, and pick out a favorite passage. Read that passage. Read that quote. And reflect on it for a minute. Let it inspire you. And as you lift your spirits, I want you to look at your life at that class being half full versus being half empty. In this very moment, while you may be facing the challenge of stacking bills or facing health challenges or facing family or marital challenges, I want you to remember that there are literally thousands of people in that same moment that didn't get to open their eyes in that same moment. And while those challenges are bringing you down, I want you to remember that at least you have another opportunity in this moment to make your dreams a reality and get one step closer to that dream. I promise you it's worth it. It's worth it because there are people that are looking up to you. Maybe not, maybe not as expressive as, they, as, as you may think. They may not come up to you and say, you inspire me. But believe it or not, what I've learned in my time on this earth is that people are watching. And sometimes it's a person that you would have never thought is watching. And they look up to you. So there's somebody watching you. And so I want you to, to take this with a, with a sense of responsibility, but with a sense of excitement that you get to make an impact. And so many people are so wrapped up about wanting to make an impact on the world, but please never underestimate your ability to impact somebody. Think of one person. You can change somebody's world with your positivity, with just some, some uplifting message, or just a simple hello, how are you doing? And the last thing I'll say is, I want you to think about who do you want to be remembered as? And the reason I ask this question, the reason I want you to really soak this question up and really, really think about it, let it hit your heart, is because so many of us, so many of us are living our life for the appeasement of others. And I'm, I'm confident that if I ask you the question of who do you want to be remembered as, you're not going to say, I want to be remembered as my mom or my dad or a celebrity or a sports person or a politician, or a community leader. While those people may have some great reasons to aspire to be like, yeah. I know deep down inside, you want to be remembered for you and what you brought to the table and what you brought to this universe. So I encourage you to walk into your greatness because you are different. And different is kind of really cool. Bless you. Yes. Thank you. That was amazing what she just said. Like, so key. A whole other conversation started. <laughs> just what you said, because, you know, that is so true. You know, a lot of people get caught up on wanting to impact the world. And instead of looking at how you can impact someone's world, that has always been a motivation, you know, to me as well, you know, and it should be. All of those, especially any entrepreneur, you know, um, yeah, that that was just 
Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, again, I hope that those who are listening took that in, know how to get in contact with both of us. We just really want to encourage you to do what's best for yourself and do what's necessary for you. Because life, living a rich life is not about money. Living a rich life is not about money. Being successful, the way that I view success is different. <laughs> being successful could be viewed as being able to move, move when you when you want to move. Right? Being able to move as you please. Being able to be surrounded by loved ones. So, yeah. We're going to have to come back and touch on another topic. We always have good conversation. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, that you were able to come on tonight again and share this message. So thank you again. And you guys stay persuaded. No, I'm rooting for you. Bye.